This shit a motherfucking layup I been Steph Curry with the shot Been cooking with the sauce Chef Curry with the pot, boy Live from the 301 Live from the pot I want to welcome my audience to episode number 64 Of Curry in the Pot I'm back again, ladies and gentlemen I'm back with another episode And You know I usually start off doing my predictions And recapping the previous week And then predicting the next week But this week, I'm gonna do something a little different. I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk some NBA before I hop into you know my weekly NFL stuff. So, without further ado, it's a few things I wanted to get off my chest, and you know, I've been hearing a lot of things, seeing a lot of misconceptions, assumptions, etc., all that good stuff. And me, I pride myself on knowing. Knowing sports, but really, really knowing basketball and football. And I've seen a lot of outrageous takes, a lot of outrageous things being said, particularly about my Lakers. And I definitely want to hop in, talk about uh, the first game, you know, the fight in the Rockets game, losing to the Spurs, all that good stuff. So I wanted to talk, of course, about the Lakers. But I'm going to give, you know, early reactions. I usually don't like doing this because the NBA season is a grind. It's it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's an 82-game season. Like, things happen. Things occur. Teams' chemistry grows. Teams get worse. Players get injured. Players get traded. Stuff like that. So, I don't want to overreact, but I'm just going to talk about what I've seen. So, let's get right into it. So, my Lakers are one and three, and people were overreacting after they lost the first game to the Trailblazers. Why? I do not know. The Portland Trailblazers are a team that have not lost a home opener since Shaquille O'Neal was on the Lakers, okay? Shaq and Kobe, okay? So that's one thing. So I saw them losing this game, and this was also a team that has been together for a while. They have. They've been together for a while. The core of that team, Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, they've been together for, you know, like four or five years. They've been together for a while. And the Lakers are pretty much, you know, learning everything on the fly almost. Luke Walton is still trying to get his rotations, you know, correct. Who he wants to play, who he wants to start, uh, who wants to bring off the bench. Like, the Lakers have some talent. So, he definitely wants to incorporate the best lineups possible. And that's going to take some time. If you guys remember when LeBron first went back to well, when he first went to Miami, let me let me start there first. When he first went to Miami, they were nine and eight through their first seventeen games. So it takes time. It takes time to gel. It takes a lot of time, and, and this is something LeBron has never done. Never played with all of these young players. When he first went back to Cleveland, he got Andrew Wiggins out of there for Kevin Love, Anthony Bennett. That guy was traded. He was trash anyways, but he got traded. And when he went to the Heat, he was playing with all, all veteran players. Chris Boss, D-Wade, Shane Battier, guys of that magnitude. And, you know, all veterans. This is a little different. This is something he's never done. You got Lonzo Ball, Kyle Kuzma, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart. You got a host of a Josh Hart. Yeah, like I just said, a host of a bunch of young guys, a bunch of young talent. And he's never done this before. So it's going to be, it's going to take some adjustment. It's going to take an adjustment period. I think 
about 25 to 30 games before you really see them hit their stride. They did pick up a win last night against the Phoenix Suns. I mean, it's the Phoenix Suns, so I'm not going to sit here and brag about it. A win is a win, but it's, it's the Phoenix Suns, a team that has not made the playoffs in eight years. So I'm not going to brag about that. I don't want to brag. But yeah, so we had the lose to the Trailblazers. They played the Rockets. That was last Saturday. I watched the whole thing. And uh, they had a chance to win. And I'm going to talk about the fight where uh, people are saying Rajon Rondo is wrong. And, you know, I think Brandon Ingram's definitely wrong. But I don't think Rajon Rondo intentionally spit in the face of Chris Paul. Number one, Rajon Rondo had a mouthpiece. Okay, number two, you can see the video. It's like a little a little saliva comes out of the man's mouth. But I don't think he, like, deliberately, like, spit in his face. And then, you know, you see Chris Paul wiping the spit. And then, you know, Rajon Rondo has his hands on his hips. So if he's getting ready to, if he's spitting in someone's face, I'm pretty sure he's not going to have his hands on his hips. That's another thing. And then Chris Paul just mussed his face after that. And we you put your, your hand in a man's face, better be ready for a fight. I thought Brandon Ingram did... He did, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Instigate. He instigated the fight. And he got a little frustrated. I mean, James Harden flails. He flops. And he gets a bunch of free throws. James Harden initiated the he initiated the, the contact. And Brandon Ingram, he goes almost into the stands. He literally goes, you know, Brandon Ingram don't weigh that much. So he goes, he goes into the stands almost. And... He just got a little frustrated. B.I. is only 21 years old, so he'll learn from that mistake. He'll learn from that incident. Did get five games. I mean, four games, which I thought I thought he would get five, but he ended up getting four. Chris Paul got two. I don't know. I mean, I felt like, you know, all the suspensions were issued properly. I thought I definitely thought Brandon Ingram would have got at least five. I raised Toronto three. I mean, yeah, so Chris Paul two. Yeah, so what? But that was my take on the fight. And Rajon Rondo won. But, yeah, that was my take on it. Obviously, those guys got suspended. My guy Lonzo Ball starting. Kyle Kuzma also is starting. So, it's nice to see. Definitely want to see Lonzo starting. So, let's talk about this next game against the Spurs. I do believe LeBron James choked. Say what you want. I know he's, he's never been the greatest free throw shooter in his career. But I think he choked. And... Hey, say what you want. He hit the buzzer beater. He hit to send him to overtime, but he goes to the free throw line up one. And he missed both. I think that's choking. Me personally, I think that's choking. But that's a, and, and that's another thing. I'm not gonna really overreact to. It's still, it's still learning. They're still learning how to play together. A few things I do want to see cleaned up. Definitely them on the defensive side of the ball and not playing very good defense, giving up a ton of points. A ton of points. You just. You can't win in this league, and I don't want LeBron James to get burnt out. And then shooting, everybody's talking about shooting like like we didn't know this was going to be an issue, but they don't have shooters. They only have really one shooting specialist, and that's my guy Suvi out of Kansas. And they don't have a lot of perimeter shooter. I mean, they have guys that can shoot, but not guys that are knockdown shooters like LeBron is accustomed to playing with. So I have to clean up on the defensive side of the ball. I think Luke Walton will find some rotation. Josh Hart did start last night, which was something I was really excited to see because KCP just isn't getting it done. And I'm starting to really dislike this guy. I liked him in Detroit, but I'm starting to really not like him. Uh, other news around the NBA, though. 
Oklahoma City hasn't got a win yet. Steph Curry dropped 51 points against the Wizards through three quarters last night. Wizards are kind of letting me down. Uh, Zach Levine has been on a tear. He's averaging like 32. The Sixers are a little disappointing me right now, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna overreact. But I did want to clear the air on LeBron and stuff like that. Uh, the Celtics will definitely get it together. I don't know Kyrie. In my opinion, is holding them back a little bit, but Brad Stevens is a really good coach. He'll he'll figure this thing out. And so I'm gonna switch gears and I'm gonna hop right into the NFL. So I'm gonna recap Week Seven, and I did great. I was 11 and three. There were only 14 games last week. I went 11 and three, and my OG, my dad, he went 12 and two. So shout out to him. The only game that separated us was the Bucks and the Browns. So let's let's go ahead and predict these games real quick. So last Thursday we had a game that I told you I wasn't excited to see, and I I told you all I was not gonna watch, and I have very good reason not to watch the game. The final score, the Broncos and Cardinals game, was 45 to 10. Yes, I did pick that correctly. Uh, Josh Rosen threw a trio of interceptions. He threw three interceptions. And the Broncos just, they just they just dominated that game. It just wasn't fair. It wasn't fun. But I did not watch it. I, I flicked the channel because I was watching some NBA and went on commercial. And, you know, I hit the last channel button. And, I, oh, my God. <laughs> I see why I didn't watch it. As a matter of fact, I didn't even drop last week's episode until Friday. And you guys know I usually drop on Thursdays. But that was that. Final score 45 to 10 Sunday. We had a game in London. We had the Chargers and the Titans. And the Chargers won that game 20 to 19. It was really close. Titans had a chance to tie the game. Well, I think take the lead, I think. I didn't watch it, but I know they had a chance to win or something like that. And they, they ultimately fell short. Final score was 20 to 19. Go Chargers, go. Next game, Buccaneers, Browns. A game that came down to overtime. Another overtime game, ladies and gentlemen. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers got it done. Jameis Winston has looked pretty sharp since he's been back out there. He did throw two picks, but he's looked good. The Buccaneers are right around. He had a rushing touchdown in that game. Mike Evans had seven catches for a buck 07. Deshaun Jackson had a rushing touchdown in that game. Catton Zero kicked a 59-yard field goal to win the game. So, shout-out to the Bucs. They, they stay alive. Next game was the Panthers and the Eagles, a game that we saw a lot of drama in. We saw a drama. The Eagles blew a 17-point lead, which is sad, which is sad. I read something somewhere where they only ran the ball, like, twice in, like, the last – 15 minutes of the game or something like that, that's unacceptable. Especially when you have a lead. I know Jay Ajayi's out. I know you just have Wendell Smallwood and uh, Corey Clement, but got to run the ball. They lost that game 20 to, 21 to 17. Hey, I'm not complaining. They in the Redskins division. Next game, speaking of the Redskins division, what I can't, I'm not going to talk. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. I got to finish at 1 o'clock. Sorry to jump the gun. Next game, Vikings and the Jets. We saw Minnesota just come out and dominate. They won that game 37-17. Sam Darnold looked like a rookie. He threw three interceptions. Kirk Cousins threw two TDs. Hooked up with his guy Adam Thielen for one. Latavius Murray has been really, really good. Filling in for the injured Dalvin Cook. He had two TDs in that game. And the Vikings get another W. Next game, Lions and Dolphins. I picked this game correctly. 
And Detroit. Detroit has been like a sneaky little team. They, they've been a sneaky team. They are 3-3. Three and three. The NFC North is really good this year because the Bears are good. A team that's never really good, but the Bears are really good this year. The Ravens. I'm sorry, the Vikings. I said Ravens. Oh, my God. Vikings and Packers, always good. And, yeah, the Lions are 3-3, three and three, kind of going a little bit under the radar. Carry on Johnson had a buck 58 on the ground. Matthew Stafford, two TDs. They went up against Brock Osweiler. Main reason I picked the Lions to win. But hey, next game, Patriots Bears. A game that was that was pretty interesting, actually. 38 to 31 was the final score. Uh, Tom Brady threw three TDs in that game. Mitch Trubisky had two passing touchdowns, one rush. So he's been he's been all right. Trey Burton. Has been a really good tight end for the Bears. I wish I would have drafted him in fantasy, but he's been pretty good. Tom Brady looked like he getting some chemistry with Josh Gordon. Uh, Sony Michelle did go down in that game, but Patriots found a way to win, thirty-eight to thirty-one. Next game, Colts and Bills. Final score was thirty-seven to five. Not even going to entertain recapping that game. <laughs> Next game, Texans and Jaguars. I don't know what it is, but. Blake Bortles is looking like the old Blake Bortles, and it's not good. And this is the wrong time for it. The Houston Texans, though, capitalized on that. Cody Kessler came into the game. The Houston Texans are winners of four straight, and they will be on Thursday Night Football tonight against the Dolphins. So I will be tuning in to see if they can make it five straight. They got it done. Lamar Miller had 100 yards on the ground. They didn't have to win pretty much. 20-7 was the final score. Next game, Saints and Ravens, a game that had some drama. Justin Tucker was 222 out of 222 on extra points until this past Sunday. Now, I know like a few years ago, they extended the extra point out to like, it's like a 35-yard field goal, I believe. And Justin Tucker had never missed an extra point in his career, and he missed an extra point to tie the game. Granted, that would have only tied the game and they still would have played for overtime. So we don't really know if the Ravens would have won. But, hey, they lost their chance to be able to win. The Saints hang on 24 to 23. And my boy Jeff was talking about this. And I think I think it's, it's a little accurate that the Saints are like a lucky 5-1 team. They, they lost to the Buccaneers. They beat the Browns. They beat the Browns. <laughs> They beat the Falcons in overtime. They beat the Giants. They beat up on the Redskins. And they really got lucky this past Sunday. So, I don't know, man. That's that's a little interesting. Next game. (laughs) I love this. Redskins and Cowboys. The Washington Redskins won that game. They move up to 4-2. And and they have a nice little cushion in that division now, the NFC East. It's It's been bad this year. It hasn't been as good as it's been in previous years. As far as, you know, record-wise. But the Redskins won 4-2. Kerrigan had a strip sack in that game. Redskins were able to shut down Ezekiel Elliott. I was just a little bittersweet because he's on my fantasy team. But Ezekiel Elliott only had 15 carries for 33 yards. Averaging 2.2 yards per carry. That's not good. But the Redskins got it done. I didn't see the whole thing. I saw the second half. And from what I saw, I was I was really thrilled. I was really thrilled. Alex Smith, he still has some continuity to, you know, work out. He We haven't seen the best of Alex Smith with the Redskins. I will say that. We haven't seen it yet. We will see it soon. 
But they're four and two. Adrian Peterson, though, has been the MVP of the offense, a guy who was probably going to be out of not not playing this year. And he's relished his opportunity at 24 carries for 99 yards. Want to see him get 100. But he's been he's been the MVP of the Redskins offense this year without without him. I don't know if Adrian Peterson goes down. I, I don't know what's going to happen. I really don't. He's been he's been toting, man. AP's been toting. And the Redskins offensive line has been giving him some holes to, you know, run through. But Adrian Peterson has been breaking tackles, showing off a little elusiveness, turning back the clock a little bit on some of these runs. Shout out to Adrian Peterson. Next game was the Rams and the 49ers. Final score was 39 to 10 Los Angeles. And I'm pretty sure we all knew how that game was going to go. And then the Sunday night cap was the Chiefs and the Bengals. I got to spend a little time talking about this. Oh, man. My boy Patrick Mahomes, Patrick LeVon Mahomes II, had four TDs in that game. Threw for 300 yards again. And this guy, this guy is sensational. I'm sorry if if y'all think I'm like, I'm like a real, a fake fan or whatnot, but this guy is good, man. And I told y'all I, I found out about him on Gruden's camp last year. Y'all know the camp where he talks to all the QBs coming into the draft. But the guys just look remarkable, man. Seriously. Kareem Hunt did have a good game in, in that game as well. Chiefs just controlled the game from from the moment the game begun, honestly. And, yeah, go Chiefs. Like my old neighbor would say, rest his soul, he used to say, go Chiefs. And... I really wish he could be here to witness Pat Mahomes. I mean, he's watching him in heaven, but that boy Pat Mahomes is special. And then the Monday nighter, we had the Falcons and the Giants. And the final score was 23 to 20, Atlanta. Oh, man, the Giants, they look like they're mailing it in. Traded Eli Apple, traded Damon Snacks Harrison, who is, I would say he's the best run, he's the best no tackle in football. He's, he's, he's better at stopping and running than Aaron Donald. You can go look up the stats in the past three years. He, he He's that good. And that was it for week seven. So I'm going to hop right in. Go ahead and predict week eight. It begins tonight with the Texans and the Dolphins. So we have the Texans and the Dolphins. The Texans are at home. They're looking to win five straight. And I think they're going to get it done. Ryan Tannehill is still out. I think the Texas defense will be able to get to Brock Osweiler. I think it will be a close game, though. But I'm going to take the Texans in a close one. Sunday, we have another game in London. That's going to be the Eagles and the Jaguars. Both teams lost last week. Jaguars lost two straight. I don't know. But I'm going to take the Eagles. I think the Eagles will bounce back. We haven't seen them play their best football. Obviously, I predicted them to be a step backwards from last season. And that's what they're showing. But I think they'll pick up a win against a good Jacksonville defense. So, and the Jacksonville defense hasn't been as good as it was last year. I think they started to smell themselves, feel themselves a little bit. Don't hear my guy Jalen Ramsey talking that much anymore. But I'm going with the Eagles. Next game, Chiefs and Broncos. This game will be in Arrowhead. One of the loudest stadiums. I'm sorry. That is the loudest stadium in football. My bad. That's the loudest stadium in football. I'm taking the Chiefs to sweep the Broncos. They did play a few weeks ago. I'm going with Kansas City. Next game, Steelers and the Browns. I'm taking Pittsburgh. I think the Browns will play them tough. 
They did play them tough the first time around, but I'm taking Pittsburgh. Next game, Lions-Seahawks. I didn't even circle this game. Um, Wow. The Seahawks are coming off a bye. You know what? I'm going to take Seattle. I'm going to take Seattle. Next game, Giants-Redskins. I'm a little iffy about this game. I know the Giants are 1-6, but this is still a division game. And if you look historically, the Redskins and the Giants always have close games. Always. And what strikes me about the Giants is they still have Odell Beckham Jr. They have the rookie sensation Saquon Barkley, Sterling Shepard as well, who had a really good game on Monday night. Evan Ingram is working his way back. He played last week as well. They have some weapons on the offensive side of the ball that, that fear me, that well, they strike fear in me. But the Redskins D-line is nothing to play with. Ioannidis, did you guys see that play where he just tossed Ezekiel Elliott like a ragdoll? He, he's nasty. Um, John Allen, he's really good. He's showing the same stuff that he showed last year. And Deron Payne has been really good. He's been as good as advertised. And, you know, Ryan Kerrigan had a good game last week. I've been waiting to see that from him. But Ryan Kerrigan is Mr. Consistent. And Preston Smith, he's been all right. He's been getting pressure, not a lot of sacks, but he's been all right. I think the Giants are going to have their hands full, but I'm going to take the Redskins to win this one in a close game. I did mention earlier that the Giants are mailing in trading Snacks Harrison, which should open up some more running lanes from Adrian Peterson. I'm going to take the Redskins. Next game, Bengals and Bucks. I'm going to take the Cincinnati Bengals to bounce back after that dreadful defeat against the Chiefs. I'm taking them to win against the Buccaneers. Should be a good game. Next game, Bears-Jets. I'm taking the Bears. I think they can get after Sam Darnold, who doesn't really have a lot of weapons on the offensive side of the ball. I think Khalil Mack going to have a big game. Next game, Panthers and Ravens. I like the Ravens to bounce back and win this one. The Panthers are good, but I don't know. The Ravens' defense is a little better than the Eagles' defense. And they do have some weapons on the offensive side of the ball. I'm taking the Ravens to win this one. Next game, Raiders and Colts. I like Indianapolis to get a win. I, I don't like the Raiders. You guys know that. I can't stand them. And I'm not being biased here. The Colts, they're not that bad. They're bad, but they're not, they're not as bad as the Raiders. Put it that way. I'm taking the Colts. Next game, Cardinals and 49ers. Wow. Both of these teams are terrible. They're both one and six. I'm just... I'm going to ask Siri to pick this game. <laughs> Cardinals will be home. Well, they'll be heads. And 49ers will be tails. Siri, flip a coin. It's tails. All right. So, <laughs> 49ers. 49ers it is. Next game, Rams and Packers. Aaron Rodgers is a nine and a half point underdog, and this is the biggest underdog he's ever been in his career as far as a point spread. Vegas is telling us something that Aaron Rodgers doesn't have a lot of work with on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, Devontae Adams is there, Geronimo Allison, but it's just, eh, like, the Packers, it's not like they're scoring because Rodgers is doing, you know, heroics and stuff like that. But I'm going with the Rams. They just look like a juggernaut. I haven't seen anybody stop them. It should be a good game. Should see some points on the board, but I'm taking the Rams. Then we got the Sunday nighter. It is the Vikings and the Saints. I like Minnesota to win this one at home. I'm picking them. And then we have on Monday night, a game that I probably won't watch, 
the Bills and the Patriots. The Bills are at home, but I'm taking New England. And then uh, I'm going to read you my dad's picks real quick. We have pretty much the same picks. Tonight he has the Dolphins, though. And then he has the Panthers beating the Ravens. And, yeah, we got the same games after that. So we've only got two games different. And that, that's what it is. That's, that's, that's what it's going to be. But I want to thank you guys for listening. I don't have no old tweets for you guys today. I will be back with that next week. But I just want to thank you guys for listening. I just want to thank you guys for all the love and support. I've been peeping the plays that I've got recently. And you guys just don't know. I looked at my SoundCloud and Apple Music, my iTunes podcast stuff this morning. And I saw that I had 51 plays or 57 plays in the last 24. And I haven't even dropped the episode since last Friday. So that just shows all the love and support y'all been giving me. Of course, we wanted to go from 57 plays in 24 hours to 570, you know, to 5,700 to 57,000 and so on and so forth. But we got to start somewhere. And you guys have been loyal since day one. So just thank you guys for listening. One last time. This is Mike Curry signing out. Episode number 64 is done. Peace.